0: The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Servicemaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded.
3: Never trust a preacher who owns more than two suits. That's a quote from a comedian named Lenny Bruce, maybe a little on the you know, the cynical side, maybe a little bit of an exaggeration, but, I mean, come on, he was a comedian. But he was thinking about guys like the Reverend Al Sharpton. Al heads up the National Action Network. He wears really nice suits, by the way. I bet he has more than two. Uh, he also was paid $348,174 in 2021. And they also threw in a bonus... Uh, $278,503. That's a pretty good bonus. And then uh, there are $22,117 worth of benefits. Them are some pretty good benefits. That adds up to $648,794. It's all according to uh, tax filings uh, and, and a report from the New York Post. Al also showed some charity to his daughter, uh, Dominique. She was paid $78,670 for membership work, and his daughter, Ashley, was paid $59,950 for social media duties and consulting. Consulting. This is all according to that piece in the New York Post. And the National Action Network also spent almost a million dollars for trips on private jets and limos. That's a lot of flying and driving and riding. Race baiting obviously pays well, but if I'm not mistaken, the reverend has had a big problem with paying his taxes, too. Now, we're talking about a Christian minister here who has a national platform on MSNBC, and I'm pretty sure he spends a lot of time lecturing people on how, you know, lecturing us all on how we need to do more to help the unfortunate. Well, do you think maybe the reverend could live on, say, I don't know, $148,000 a year instead of 648000 Think he might be able to find some less fortunate people who could, you know, use the leftover half million dollars? And do you think the Reverend might have been able to take a few more commercial flights and, you know, use some of the money left over to help some less fortunate kids say, I don't know, go to college? Who are the people who are dumb enough to give the National Action Network a dollar? And how does Reverend Al show up anywhere to speak on any subject with a straight face, This guy is why Jesus overturned the tables in the temple. He's been getting away with this charade for 30 years, and there's no end in sight. The media love him. But just keep in mind, he loves and cares deeply for each and every one of us. Well, when we come back, uh, a Democrat senator says Donald Trump was right about TikTok. We'll have an expert here on China to tell you why you should keep your kids away from it. And in our second half hour, you may have noticed that legalized sports betting has become a really big deal. We'll hear from a New York Times reporter who did a long investigative report and has this headline, Cigars, Booze, Money. How a Lobbying Blitz Made Sports Betting Ubiquitous. Stick around. The left is politicizing our justice system. This is Ted Cruz. From the leaking of the Supreme Court's opinion on abortion to attacking parents who speak out at school board meetings, what we're seeing should make every American angry. That's why I wrote my newest book, Justice Corrupted, How the Left Has Weaponized Our Legal System. From Antifa riots to the Waukesha Christmas murderer, today our families are much less safe. Joe Biden is right now using the DOJ and the FBI to target his enemies To storm President Trump's home, to harass parents and pro-life activists, and to target you. Equip yourself. My new book, Justice Corrupted, will arm you with the facts to hold your government accountable.
2: Get Justice Corrupted, the new book by Senator Ted Cruz, wherever books are sold.
0: My dog was scratching and shedding like crazy around the house. When I heard about Dynavite Nutritional Supplement, I thought... Why not? It couldn't hurt. We literally tried everything else. Our dog quickly took to it, and after a couple of weeks of adding Dynavite to his food, we noticed a big difference. Our little gizmo's coat was shinier, and he almost completely stopped shedding and itching. I can't wait to see how well it helps him with his allergies as the seasons change and he's in the yard more. I'm so glad I tried Dynavite.
4: My dog smelled so bad and scratched herself constantly. We bathed, sprayed, and bathed her again, but no results. And then I heard about Dynovite supplements for gut health, and all of the reviews sounded just like my Bella. After just two weeks, she had major improvements with the smell, and no more scratching or dragging her stomach across the carpet. And her coat is more beautiful than ever. Oh, happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with dinovites.
3: You all have helped build My Pillow into the incredible company it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of My Pillow, wants to give back to my listeners. This is John Sagerwald Right now, My Pillow is offering. Offering exclusive offers on their bed sheets, their six-piece tile set, and even offering an extended sixty-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December twenty-fifth will now have an extended money-back guarantee through March first. The Giza bed sheets are marked down as low as twenty-nine ninety-nine, and believe me when I say you will get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece tile set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Typically retailed at eighty-nine ninety-eight is now just thirty-nine ninety-eight with promo code STAG. There is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-716-8087, use the promo code STAG, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code STAG. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code STAG at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. I'll second
1: guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzyme needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions.
4: Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation other side effects may include blood sugar changes gas dizziness sore throat and cough these are not all the side effects of creon
1: creon is the number one prescribed epi treatment ask your doctor about creon for epi and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more that's c-r-e-o-n info.com this is the john Stacker show on am 1250 and fm
0: 92.5 the answer
3: well, anytime a Democrat senator says in public that he agrees with Donald Trump, it gets people's attention. Senator Mark Warner said uh, he's from Virginia. Uh, he said on Fox News yesterday, that Fox News Sunday actually, that he agrees with Trump on TikTok. He says it's an enormous threat, and parents should not let their kids don't download it. He said it's because the data all ends up in Beijing. Gordon Chang is an expert on China, the author of "The Coming Collapse of China." You can follow follow him on Twitter at Gordon G Chang, and he joins us now. Gordon, thanks for coming on again. Always good to have you. Thanks. Well,
5: thank you. Thank you so much, John.
3: So uh, I'm pretty sure you've been talking about this for a while, <laughs> TikTok, uh, and the government seems to be taking notice. More people seem to be bringing it up, uh, in, in per- positions of power, the head of the uh, FCC, the director of the FBI, want to ban it. So what took so long?
5: It's taking a long time because Americans' views on China just are outdated. We have this notion that we can work with China, that China is going to become a responsible member of the international community, that through our power of our example, the Chinese regime will become benign. Um, and also because you've got Walmart and Wall Street want to make money out of China. So they keep, uh, continue a narrative which is clearly wrong. Um, but TikTok is a national security threat for a number of reasons.
3: Now, uh, what you just described there about the way people feel about China, it's interesting because uh, for those of us who are old enough to have lived through the Cold War, it would have never happened with the Soviet Union. Um, and it didn't happen with the Soviet Union until the wall came down. Yes. Well,
5: in the late 1940s, um, it only took a couple of years for the American political establishment to realize the threat that Joseph Stalin, the Soviet Union posed to the United States. But it's taken us a lot longer. And I think part of it is because there's a, there was a lot of hubris after the Cold War, that we could basically set the tone for the international community, the Chinese regime would have to follow. But we have seen, especially over the last five years, and I think actually longer than that, that the Chinese regime, as it became stronger, became more belligerent. So we should have understood this. And we could lose our country because China is attacking us. They think they can take us down. And we're not defending ourselves. And right now we have a political establishment. And it's not just Biden who is terribly out of date. It's also conservative Republicans who see a China which is very different than the one that China actually presents itself to the world. We're on notice. We don't look at it. It's our fault. It's on us.
3: Well, was this uh, p- plan with TikTok, w- was it a plan by China to access data, or was this something that they stumbled on after the, the, uh, the app became popular? Or I
5: think w- that it's something that they planned, but regardless of the answer, um, we know that TikTok uh, is being used by the Chinese regime to do two things. One of them is to take data, which is pipelined into Beijing, despite what TikTok has said repeatedly. And it also can be used to um, locate phones and all sorts of other things. And then the other thing, which we don't talk about as much, but which is far more dangerous, and that is Beijing uses TikTok to propagate narratives. In 2020, they used it to foment violence on American streets. We know they glorify drug use because they want to kill Americans with fentanyl. And this year, they have been amplifying Russian disinformation about the Ukraine war. And they've done that through TikTok.
3: How do they do that, uh, Gordon? Uh, uh, for example, um, uh, influencing people on drugs, just for one. Uh, and how, do, how does – is there somebody in China, uh, in the Chinese government, saying, OK, here's our plan, and this is what we're going to do uh, to get the kids in America – Uh, to to get them thinking that uh, drugs are wonderful and let's glamorize it for them?
5: Yeah, well, this is um, a view shared by Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, and across the top of the Communist Party. And the way they do this is that TikTok has probably the world's most sophisticated, commercially available artificial intelligence. It knows what you like. It knows what you don't like. And it can influence people because of that. So it is the power of AI, and that's how they are able to propagate narratives. If they know that um, you know you're not going to be influenced by TikTok videos on drug use, well, they're just not going to send it to you. But they know that, and that's why TikTok has become has grown so fast, not only in the United States but around the world, because it is addictive.
3: Yeah, and the kids were really using it a lot, but there are also adults out there. There are, there are people in the media. Um, who use it, and they use it in what looks like a harmless way, but is just their participation in it a, a part of the problem that it, that it keeps keeps it in business and, and makes it legitimate?
5: Well, yes. You know, um, for instance, uh, the, the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, they use TikTok um, for election purposes. Now, that's their perfect right, but you've got to remember that President Trump, to his great credit, banned TikTok towards the end of his term. And Biden, President Biden, um, when he took office, to his shame, um, reversed that ban. Now, um, this is a national security threat, it was clear. You know, I don't mind that the DNC or any other Democratic Party entity tries to propagate its views. That's what they're supposed to do. But they are using a medium that they know is a national security threat, and they keep it in business because of that. And therefore, that is the issue that I have with the DNC using TikTok.
3: But uh, so you you think you're saying that they know exactly how harmful it is and how dangerous it is, and they don't care, or that they or are they saying ah, oh, you know, come on, that's just you're just uh, you're paranoid, it, it, it's uh, it's it's hysteria. Come on, it's just a it's just a it's just an app that kids use.
5: Well, they have to know what's going on. They have access, um, of course. Mm-hmm. They're in control of the government. Right. They know the intelligence. They have to know what's going on. And if they don't, then they're extremely negligent, and they shouldn't be running our government. So regardless of what their mindset is, you know, I'm not in their minds. I'm, I'm right. a political independent. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I don't know what the DNC's in their minds, but I do know what they're doing. And what they're doing um, prejudices American national security because TikTok is a threat. And so what they're doing is a threat to U.S. national security.
3: And um, I, this just popped into my head. I don't know why, but... Uh, how is this different from radio free Europe, for example, back in the in the 50s, 60s, 70s when there was a, when, when the, the Iron Curtain was still up?
5: Well, yes, of course that's both propaganda, but mm-hmm. one was for freedom and democracy and the other supports totalitarianism, <laughs> the world's most dangerous regime. So there is a difference there, John Yeah, a little and by the way. You know, TikTok is so much more effective than any radio program because of that co- commercially available AI, which is extremely sophisticated.
3: And, and uh, how pervasive is it, Gordon?
5: Well, the number of TikTok users, I've lost count, but I believe it's like over 100 million in the U.S. or something like that. But it's in the tens of millions. Um, and we know that it's impacting um, a whole generation of Americans. And they're getting um, Beijing's um, propaganda narratives, you know, directly pipelined into their phones. And by the way, all of their details now are in Beijing, which can be used for all sorts of nefarious purposes, including intimidation and blackmail.
3: What is ByteDance?
5: ByteDance is nominally a private company in China that owns TikTok. And ByteDance also runs the Chinese version of TikTok, as it's called um, so uh, ByteDance, but Byte Dance is, I believe, an instrument of the Communist Party in this regard, because in China, nobody can uh, ignore the demands of the Communist Party. Nobody can avoid the dictates of Article 7 and 14 of China's national security law, which requires every Chinese company to spy if demanded. So although ByteDance is nominally private, it has been working at the behest of the Communist Party, and we should consider it to be a Communist Party entity, even though it is nominally privately owned.
3: So Chinese citizens uh, are being told, based on Articles 7 and 14 of uh, China's national intelligence law, that uh, they don't have a choice. You will spy, or when you come back to China, you might find your aunt is missing somewhere
5: or your aunt is missing before you come back to China. But yes, every Chinese national is under a compulsion to spy for two reasons, the National Intelligence Law and the Communist Party's top-down system. So that means, for instance, that every Chinese national, I believe, is a legitimate interest of the FBI and the CIA because they are under a legal compulsion to spy. This has nothing to do with race. This Mm -hmm. has everything to do with being a Chinese national. So, for instance, there are a few white guys who are Chinese nationals, like three or four of them. They fall into this category of being a legitimate interest of America's law enforcement agencies.
3: Well, uh, so you're talking about the the nice uh, Chinese lady who waits on me at the Chinese restaurant? If the Chinese government were to let her know that they'd, uh, geez, we understand there's a customer that comes in there that we're interested in and you will spy on him. We need some information on him.
5: Well, certainly if she's a Chinese national, and even if she's not a Chinese national, we know that the Communist Party uses family connections so that even if it's a U.S. citizen who is serving you a hamburger, um, if she's got an aunt or a mom or a dad or a sister or a brother in China, uh, basically Beijing will tell her, look, you're going to do what we want you to, or your brother or sister or mother or aunt or dad are going to disappear probably under pretty horrendous circumstances. So, yes, um, unfortunately, you, you, your, your servers could very well be uh, someone of interest.
3: That's pretty scary because, I, I mean, a Chinese restaurant I go to and the, the people who wait on me and the, and the people who own it, and, uh, you know, everybody has the same experience. They're nice people, and, uh, but they, uh, they've, I've had conversations with them where they talk about going back home and coming back to the United States. They could be told at any time, "Hey, listen, uh, we've got this guy, Gordon Chang. He's a he's a um, he's a he's a, a customer, yeah, and yeah. he's a he's a customer of yours. And uh, we need you to uh, you know get some information on him, and therefore you will do it. That could actually happen.
5: I'm sure that it, maybe not with regard to me, but yeah. that does happen with regard to others. Um, so yes." Um, unfortunately, the Communist Party has weaponized not only its nationals but all all um, U.S. citizens of uh, Chinese descent.
3: Well, yeah, we had what the Congressman Slawwell. Uh, he he was uh, a victim, I guess, of of uh, Laws Seven and Fourteen, or what? What would you mention? Would you call them the? Uh, yeah. Well,
5: that's a little bit different because. Um, Fong Fang was actually a Ministry of State Security agent, so okay. that wasn't a, a national security intelligence law issue. It's just mm-hmm. She was an agent of the Communist Party. Oh,
3: um, he was nice enough so, to entertain her.
5: Yeah, you know, the way I look at this is, is if we were to um, sort of remove from Congress everyone who's been the object of Chinese in, in intelligence gathering, there'd mm-hmm. be no members of Congress. The, Swalwell's is not that he was targeted, not that he slept with a Chinese agent, but that he has refused to talk to the American people about it. Mm -hmm. And because he has refused, we have to assume that he's got something to hide. And if he's got something to hide, he should not be sitting on the House Intelligence Committee. Now, if Swalwell were to come out and actually publicly explain what went on, I'd have no problem with him sitting on any committee in Congress. Mm -hmm. But because he's maintained his silence, he needs to go.
3: We're talking to Gordon Chang. He's the author of The Coming Collapse of China. You can follow him on, uh, follow him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. So again, um, uh, Gordon, what took so long here, and, and why isn't this a slam dunk? Who's against banning TikTok? I mean, obviously Joe Biden was, but what... what Joe what? Biden,
5: yeah. And Joe Biden is enough, because he, uh, by his own, could reverse the decision, as he did, to ban TikTok. Um, and, you know, we have to ask the president why he did that. Um, but obviously he has, with obviously um, um, f- thinking about this, has um, allowed a instrument of uh, the Chinese Communist Party to operate freely in the United States.
3: Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you think the chances are that uh, his issue with his son doing business with China has anything to do with that?
5: You'd have to ask him. Um, <laughs> But I would say, I mean, I don't know what's in Biden's mind, yeah. but I do know that Biden's son has had commercial relations with Chinese entities that cannot be explained in the absence of corruption. And that's not to say that Hunter Biden is corrupt, but it is to say that uh, this looks really, really, really bad.
3: Well, if, if, if you're telling me that it's possible that uh, a nice lady who waits on me in a Chinese restaurant could be working for the Chinese communists. Um, what, what about the people that Hunter Biden was dealing with? How could, they, how could anybody think that there was anything good about that?
5: Yeah, they, they couldn't because he was dealing with Chinese entities who um, were obviously part of a United Front work effort to um, influence Joe Biden. And we don't have to speculate about this, John, because um, in November of 2020, after the election, There was a very famous Chinese academic named Di Dongcheng gave a live stream lecture that was broadcast across China and he was talking about how the Communist Party was welcoming the Biden administration because they knew that unlike during the Trump years that they could influence um, Washington at the highest levels because they knew that uh, their friends in Wall Street were coming back into influence in the Oval Office. And the people in the audience when Di Dongsheng mentioned Hunter Biden, there was laughter. They knew what was going on. It's only we Americans who aren't paying attention.
3: Now, I, I remember seeing that video, yeah. Uh, so uh, I got about a minute left, Gordon. What did you make of the president's meeting with Xi last week? I guess it was last week.
5: Yeah, it, it should not have occurred um, because while we talk to China, um, the Chinese continue unacceptable conduct. We do not impose costs, and China runs out the clock. The last thing we should be doing right now is talking to a China that is obviously belligerent and not willing to change.
3: And I got about 30 seconds left. You wrote a piece not too long ago that said that uh, he has he's bringing China to the brink of collapse. How, how far from a collapse are they and what will that collapse look like?
5: Uh, yeah, the Chinese economy is crumbling. Uh, the property prices are plunging, the currency is falling got worsening food shortages. You've got a demographic collapse, which is about to occur. China is in a really state of distress, which means it's very dangerous, John, because it means Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, has every reason to lash out.
3: Not good. Gordon, always good stuff from you. Uh, I really appreciate you being on, and uh, nobody better to talk about this stuff with than Gordon G. Chang. Thank you. Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate it. Okay, and just again, at Gordon G. Chang. We'll be right back. With
0: SRN News, I'm John Scott. Investigators in Colorado Springs still trying to determine a motive in the weekend mass shooting at a nightclub that left five people dead and many wounded. Sabrina Aston's 28 year old son, Daniel, among those killed.
4: It's just a nightmare that you can't wake up from. And, um, I keep thinking it's so, oh, you know, it's just, it's a mistake. They've made a mistake and, and that he's really alive.
0: The Len shooter, a 22 year old man taken into custody. A strong 5.6 magnitude earthquake has toppled buildings and collapsed walls on Indonesia's densely populated island of Java, killing more than 160 people. The nation's major shipping companies, good shape to get shoppers packages delivered on time this holiday season. Carriers like US Postal Service, UPS and FedEx are expected to have excess capacity. This is SRN News. Nine. This Thanksgiving, our country is facing some tough challenges, but we Americans still have a long list of things we should be thankful for, for our families and friends. We should be thankful for our faith, freedoms, and liberties. And of course, we are thankful for you. Thanks for listening, and happy Thanksgiving. AM 1250, The Answer. TV news, it's a love-hate relationship. Well, let's be honest, more hate. We agree. That's why we're different. Salem News Channel has assembled the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. Home to Charlie Kirk, Hugh Hewitt, Eric Metaxas, and more. There's finally a place on TV for lovers of freedom like you. Watch anytime, on any screen, free, 24-7. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Whose rule book do you want to play by? The government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law.
3: Supply chains are loosening and inventory is arriving at Pit Cycles. And now's a great time to celebrate with a purchase of a brand new ride. This is John Sagerwald. Pit Cycles showrooms are bursting with selection. Over 228 models from Indian, Triumph, BMW, Royal Enfield, KTM. And now, to the end of the year, get a stylish Noru Marucci leather riding jacket free with your purchase of a new street bike. In Warrendale, next to Jurgles at PitCycles.com.
2: Pit Cycles!
4: Still contending with plenty of delays out there. Parkway East very heavy outbound Boulevard of the Allies up to Edgewood-Swissvale. Around Bates Street looks like it's down to about 10 miles an hour. On the inbound side, heavy from 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. On 28, your outbound delays are from Route 8 up to Delafield Avenue. Inbound a little slow, Fox Chapel Road to Highland Park Bridge. Parkway West is stacked up outbound. Banksville Road to Carnegie. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: AM 1250. The answer, weather.
2: Clear skies expected for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 24. Plenty of sunshine tomorrow. Quiet weather for early holiday travelers. The high 47. Clear skies tomorrow night. Low 28. Plenty of sunshine Wednesday with a high of 51. Taking a look at the Thanksgiving Day holiday Thursday. We'll see some sunshine. Expect a high Thursday of 52. With your Racky Weather Forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
0: The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
3: Well, for as long as there uh, have been sports, there have been uh, gambling going on on sports, and anybody who wanted to make a bet could find someone to book one, but... It used to be illegal. Maybe you remember that. It hasn't been that long ago. uh, It was illegal just about everywhere. Now it's it's not just legal, but it's legal just about everywhere. And the New York Times did an investigation into what government approval and involvement has meant. Eric Lipton is one of the reporters involved with the investigation. He joins us now. Eric, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it.
7: Yep, thanks for having me.
3: So so this happened fast. Uh, for anybody who's been around just a little bit of time watching or covering sports knows that. Uh, when and why did federal and uh, state governments decide that, uh, if you can, I don't know if you can put like a pretty solid point when it actually happened, uh, when did it happen that governments decided that legalizing gambling was good for all of us?
7: Well, it really goes back to New Jersey and uh, Governor Chris Christie, who uh, worked with the legislation with the legislature there to pass legislation that legalized sports betting in New Jersey, but that was done at a time when there was a federal law that said that states were not allowed to have sports betting outside of nevada and so once New Jersey legalized sports betting the uh, the major league teams sued New Jersey, and there was a case that went all the way to the United States Supreme Court. And it was ultimately decided in 2018, and New Jersey won, and the, the, the professional sports teams lost, and the Supreme Court ruled that the federal government was unconstitutionally limiting the ability of states to pass laws that legalize sports betting if they wanted to. So that really opened the gates to allow states to legalize it if they wanted to, and it began this kind of lobbying bonanza among uh, the sports betting companies. Um, including DraftKings and FanDuel that had their start in daily fantasy sports, and and then along with the casino companies, and they went out and went one state at a time to get the different legislatures to adopt the laws that allowed betting in sports betting in those individual states, and that's that's where we're at today, where there's over 30 states that now have legalized sports betting, uh, many of them with mo- most of them with mobile betting.
3: And and uh, fantasy uh, started it all, didn't it? Fantasy yeah, really, sports it goes is back what to, op- opened it up. Yeah.
7: It goes back to really around twenty thirteen when, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel were getting started and you know they were essentially proving that, you know, your mobile phone could be an incredible tool for for you know a new form of, of gambling and, and uh that you know now they presented it as if it was a game of skill um and therefore perhaps was not subject to Casino type regulation. It was not a game of chance, they argued. Um, but they really demonstrated they grew off explosively um, in, uh, in, in the 2014 2015 time period. And so, you know, I think that the, the traditional brick and mortar casinos were looking at them and saying, wait a minute, you know, these guys are proving that the mobile phone could be an incredible tool for new business. And, and so once the Supreme Court ruled that sports betting um, could be allowed in individual states, that's when the casinos said, we're on this. Um, full steam ahead, we're going to join uh, FanDuel and DraftKings, and we're going to go and lobby individual states to get them to pass this legislation.
3: And, and sports leagues, uh, uh, as you said, well, they, they fought this in the beginning. They used to hate gambling. Uh, what changed, aside from just the money involved, if, that, if there is anything aside from that?
7: Right, I mean this is, you know, it really particularly Major League Baseball going back to the Black Sox and, you know, the... The yeah. the allegations there that there were you know players that were uh, being paid to um, by organized crime to throw games and then obviously notoriously Pete Rose and and the, the lifetime ban um, it's funny because Ohio is about to legalize uh, sports betting uh, and Pete Rose is apparently going to be there on the day that sports betting opens and in place among the first legal bets uh, in Ohio just to kind of you know put it smear it in their face. But I I think that, you know, basically, you know, the Major League Baseball along with NBA and and others were there litigating against New Jersey and all the way to the Supreme Court and arguing in that court case. I've read the, the, the complaint they filed that, you know, sports betting was going to compromise the integrity of sports and undermine confidence that people have because it um you know but they basically once the supreme court opened the floodgates uh and and there was an opportunity for them to participate in the revenue stream um they decided to join the bandwagon and you know initially they were pushing for this thing they called the integrity fee which they wanted a cut of the revenues um and they were going to you know to to you know ensure integrity of the game um, but really, it was a it was a revenue stream that they saw and they've joined. Uh, now they are part of the, you know, the sports, uh, the sports gaming alliance. Um, they've they've gone into the states and I've been there where they were testifying some of the professional teams to, in support of the legislation. So it's just been an incredible cultural transformation in sports. I mean, talk about, you know, they've gone from being the, the black death. To you know, uh, now you can sponsor. You know, some of these sports betting apps can sponsor individual players. They can, you know, and and NASCAR and and hockey. You can actually sponsor players as your as your marketing brand uh, ambassador for your betting app. So, it, you know, they've gone all in, and uh, it's it's really there's a, it's been a transformational change in, in the relationship that Americans have with sports because it's no longer. You know, it's of course you could bet before through um, offshore sites, but now, you know, betting is a part of the proposition of, of experiencing a game. Is that you're going to be encountering all of these appeals to place wagers on that game?
3: It's kind of amazing to me. I covered sports for 30 years, um, over 30 years, and and um, I don't see where the fear of games being fixed should be any less now because. The state of New Jersey or any other state is okay with it than it was fifty years ago. So how are the leagues selling that, and who's buying it?
7: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that one, one of the concerns is that it's it's not only win or lose nowadays. There's all kinds of uh, sub bets, you know, that yeah. you can place on all kinds of little things that are occurring in during the game mm-hmm. uh, that would be easier to to you know, potentially manipulate. Um, and I, I, I mean, I don't know is, you know, the, to me that the biggest concern with sports betting is, is that, is that the, the habit forming play that, that, you know, it just, it's it, it. can become for some people an addictive behavior, and I think, right. um, you know, if you, you know, you it's it's just like you know. There's certain people who can get addicted to casino gambling, and there's others who see it as simply as a as a as a fun, entertaining uh, thing to do. Um, and I think that the, the mobile phone, the fact that it's always with you, that there's no barrier to entry. Um, and the fact that there's these hundreds of millions of dollars of free bets being given out um, to incentivize you to start betting, um, and and the endless uh, appeals that you're getting in the marketing uh, online targeted marketing and your social media and, and marketing around games, there's a, there's a lot of enticements potentially for for problem gambling. I think that, that that I think to me that's the bigger issue. Um, you know, I don't I don't know how legitimate the concerns are that games could be fixed. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I don't see that there is that much more fear that that could happen now. Um, I, I think the more the bigger concern is whether or not you are going to end up, like has happened in in Britain and Australia, where they they realized the social consequences of the obsession with with um, sports betting um, had became a problem, and the government stepped in and and had put some restrictions on on marketing and advertising um, because of concerns about
3: that. And one of those you point out is the is the risk free wager. That's a biggie, right? Mm-hmm.
7: Mm-hmm. yeah it 's really incredible the competition for market share, the kind of lost leader thing you know the the modern day equivalent of the free bus ride to Atlantic City are the mm-hmm. roll of quarters you know that you get when you you know you might <laughs> yeah. show up at the to do some slots um, but now they 're offering i mean it 's really sort of crazy in New York State when they opened up the sports betting, you could get something like ten or fifteen thousand dollars worth of these free bets if you went to all the apps. Uh, and you know downloaded all the apps and took all the bonuses um, and it it 's really an extraordinary amount of money that they are putting on the table for people to bet now people you know they lose most of those bets um, mm-hmm. uh, i mean they lose i 'm sorry they lose many of those bets um, and so it 's not as if all of that money that they that 's being put up is is necessarily being paid out. Um, and it does, what it, what results is that you download their app, you register with them, they, they prove, they do it, you know, an age test and an identity test, and then you're in their database. Um, and so it's worth, um, and it, they also then can try to, if they're, if they're tied to a casino company, they could then also market to you, uh, for potentially becoming a client of theirs in their brick and mortar casinos. Um, but there's a, there's a lot, there's an intense marketing wave going on right now because these companies are willing to, to lose money. Uh, to gain market share. Um, just like, for example, Kansas opened up, um, just in September. And in the first month of gaming there, there was something like $35 million worth of these free bets given out. Um, the biggest number by DraftKings. And it's interestingly, when I looked at the data from the state, DraftKings had the biggest market share. I mean, they, you know, because they, that's the way that they, they try to, you know, it's the companies go in, and once you download the app, you know that's a pretty good place to be because you have them you know you have they have your app, they have your app and your and their phone uh, and so they're willing to put a fair amount of money out on these on these promotions, but the promotions are pretty overwhelming for for people in that state to see all of this offer of quote free bets
3: yeah and I, I guess a free bet and I'm just uh, this is a my, this might be a, a, a ridiculous example, but if you bet you can bet that Tom Brady is in a complete one pass today in the game and you you can win. Would that be a would that be a risk free wager that they're selling? Maybe an exaggeration of one. Uh, I mean, the
7: the you know the odds on a bet like that you know would be pretty low. The, you know, there's yeah. odds on, on all these and all these bets. But I mean, the, you know, the 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 companies say and it is true that they 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 pay out more in um, winnings on um, sports betting than they do on 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 gambling or i gaming. Uh, and their return, uh, their profits on sports betting is lower than their profits on, say, you know, blackjack poker or, or video slots. And the casino companies would actually prefer to have you as a customer in the iGaming space as opposed to the sports betting space. But to some extent, sports betting is a is a stepping stone for them to get the states to approve what they call iGaming, which is essentially casinos on your phone uh and uh so yeah the free bets there's all kinds of way you can use your free bet funds um but uh you know and but you know the the whole goal is to essentially get you into a habit which then once you burn away your free bets then you're going to start using your own money
3: and of course the ads we're talking to Eric Lipton uh, you can find his piece uh, investigative report at the New York Times, really, uh, uh, really in-depth look at what's happening and what has happened with gambling. Eric Lipton of the New York Times. Um, yeah, those uh, those ads are always followed by a gambling problem call one eight hundred. Yeah,
7: they this they're generally required to include in that yeah. those numbers, um, and you know the, it's also a pretty inefficient system. You know, if they if they do a radio ad. Um, our t v ad then they 've got to, you know provide like fifteen different you know all the different numbers for all the it you know they it's a very splintered system of tr- and the whole problem gambling system is not particularly well funded um and it 's an it's i mean basically we're going to see this is a, sort of a social experiment that 's going on live in the United States is to just you know it there's been there's been lottery forever you know there's been mm-hmm. gambling casinos yep. forever but the thing that has really changed is the is the fact that you can now bet on your mobile phone legally. Uh, it's really the largest expansion in the history of gambling in the United States because you have you know tens of millions of people, um, you know more than half of the country that now can you know that they, they can bet on their phone, and that's that's a right. that's a big thing. It's it's a, you know you know how addictive phones are. I mean, it's social media sure. or, or or any other kinds of things that you do on your yep. phone. Um, it's, it's always there, it's never off. It's always within reach. Uh, and so now all of a sudden we have states that have sanctioned having legal gambling on that device in your pocket. Uh, and so this is a social experiment that we're gonna sort of observe as it, as it plays out. And so we had four stories that posted online on Sunday. They're running in the print paper one day at a time, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. One looked at, at, the, at the role that the lobbyists played in pushing these laws through in various states and just how, in, how much influence the lobbyists had in terms of determining what was in the laws, what the tax rates were, um, then another story looked at the marketing agreements that the, um, the, the gambling companies have set up with certain universities to in, to use them to market to the not only to their alumni but also, in some cases, to their students and pay them money as an incentive to get people to download the app, which is a bit, you know, seems problematic if you have universities that are encouraging students to download a, a gambling app. Another story looks at um, Barstool and uh, David Portnoy, who is, you know, kind of this lambastic, uh, you know, out right. there, um, yep. forward-leaning, I mean, you know, trying to appeal to the younger generation, because at Penn Entertainment, which is the company that's teamed up with him, very publicly has asserted that they're concerned about how they're, they're aging, how old the demographic is for their brick-and-mortar casino, and they want to go to a younger demographic, and so Portnoy offers them... A way to reach that younger demographic, but then he's, you know, the language he uses, the, the you know, sometimes sexist remarks, and um, and some of the issues in his history have, you know, create some problems that we examine in, in the story that's uh, in the paper. And then the last piece looks about at the regulatory system that's been built up about around the sports betting and and how splintered it is, and how much the 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 states largely rely on the companies um, to hire private consultants that are doing. The regulatory um, work, and uh, and the, and then the states oversee it, and it's sort of a self-policing system, and but and it's a very splintered. You know, the United States has each state now has its own kind of regulatory structure around sports betting. Um, so that's those are the four stories that we published so far. It was the work of you know almost a dozen reporters spending months digging into this this kind yeah, of social really, and in economic in transformation.
3: I wish I had more time to talk about it, Eric, but but I'm out of time. People can find it at NewYorkTimes.com. Yes. Uh,
7: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm sorry to to give such long answers, but thanks for having me. No,
3: no. I'm glad that you you summed it up very well. Thank you very much. I appreciate Mm -hmm. you coming on the show.
7: Okay. Great. Okay.
3: Thank you. Yep. That's Eric Lipton of the New York Times. We'll be right back.
8: Drowning in IRS debt? If you can't afford to pay your IRS debt due to economic hardship, you can now be free of IRS collection efforts by taking advantage of a special IRS tax hardship program. This program allows Americans who owe the IRS to resolve their delinquent tax debt once and for all. your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-555-88 to see if you qualify. That's 800-555-88.
9: People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college. Learn new instruments. Start skateboarding. Whoa. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey... Head to AceYourRetirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. I'll second
1: guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis. Pancreatectomy or other conditions.
4: Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon.
1: Creon is the number one prescribed DPI treatment. Ask your doctor if about Creon for EPI. And visit Creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N info.com. Attention,
2: this is a special alert for all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an overpriced auto warranty or no warranty coverage at all. Due to the increase of new and used car prices, repaired costs, and the price of gas, people are keeping their cars longer than ever, which is why CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on covered auto repairs. Call now to. find out how you can save thousands for covered auto repairs yes you heard that correctly you could save thousands on future auto repairs our specialists are standing by for all drivers to call for a free quick quote call 800-518-1985 vehicle protection plan pricing is at an all-time low plus drivers who purchase this coverage today will receive rental car options free roadside assistance and free towing call 800-518-1985 now for your free quick quote That's 800-518-1985. What do you have to lose? Call 800-518-1985. Again, 800-518-1985.
0: This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer.
3: So I just saw on uh, Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter, by the way, at SteigerWorld. I just saw on Twitter that CBS has a big story. Uh, by Catherine uh, uh what's her? Oh, I forget her name. Um, she used to be on Fox. Catherine, I'll think of it. Um, and anyway, she was a great reporter on Fox, and she uh, has a big story about this laptop. Um, that apparently uh, the son of uh, Joe Biden. I think his name is uh, Hunter. Is that right? Am I right with that? Hunter Biden. Yeah, they have this big story about how they um, they thought this laptop, and they had some uh, neutral observers look at it and uh, check it out to see if you know to forensics to see if it's um, legitimate. And apparently, it is. And uh, Catherine Harridge is her name, and it just popped into my head. Some old, but um, so Catherine Harridge does this nice report, very thorough. Talks to the. Uh, the, the forensics ex- experts, and they say it's all legitimate to them. And apparently there's stuff on this uh, laptop about Hunter doing business with people in China. It uh, may have been associated with the Chinese communist government. It's all very shocking. I, I, I haven't heard anything about this before. It must be brand new. It must be a big scoop by CBS News. What a great job by Catherine Herridge that she found out that there's a laptop out there with this information on it. And you know what's really amazing about it? That they let it out there today. They broke the story today two weeks after the election. Amazing. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group
0: and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand, The Yellow Van.